1: You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast
0: universe.
2: Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one.
1: And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one.
2: And we are here today to recap Garden State with a returning guest, the creative genius behind Dunzo, co-host of Beyond the Blinds, and one of our Chaotic Soul Sisters,
0: Troy. Hi, Troy. Hi, how are you guys? Great.
2: Well, we're here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't
1: say great. Yeah, I we, was they, quick with the word yeah. great. curse
2: continues.
1: Well, the curse also continued when I logged on and saw you in this blue wig.
2: Well... If I'm being honest, Donnie, you decided to have a house fire (laughs) in the middle of my birthday month, so I had to steal back the attention in any way possible. (laughs) So here I am donning a light blue bob for the cuties on the Patreon.
1: (laughs) I hope they love it as much (laughs) as I do. Not at all.
2: How are you doing, Donnie?
1: I am fine. I'm better than I was when we were supposed to record. My apartment itself is fine. The building next to me is condemned and all those people are now unhoused. But I'm here with a podcast talking as we speak. I do want to thank all the cuties that reached out to me to check on me. I appreciate that. And for... All the kind messages you sent, but I am fine. You can't get rid of me.
0: Good. (laughs) It's wild, though. It's terrifying. It
1: is terrifying. And like, she's staring at me now, and I do hate her. But I always thought I hate my bitch cat, but I ran back into the fire to save her. better have. I know. My Jack Pearson era.
2: (laughs) Well, I wish that your month was getting better, but you have been rage texting me all week about this movie Garden State you've gaslit me into thinking that everybody hates this movie so I just have to ask Troy what are your feelings on Garden State?
0: I love this movie. Oh <laughs> god
2: I was gonna light myself on fire call me Don apartment <laughs> yeah. if our guest came on saying that he hated this movie too. No I
0: love Garden State so this is a movie that I put into the category of what I call dorm movies yes. and it's like this very specific like 10 years ago When I was in college, kind of like rite of passage movie. Like it was cool to own this movie on DVD. It was cool to Uh say that you've seen it. It was like a hipstery thing or like the soundtrack took over my friend group in a way that I truly cannot describe.
2: For the cuties listening and not watching on the Patreon, Donnie's eyes are doing that thing that that like (laughs) cat wall clock does of going back and forth, back and forth. He's like rebooting. His brain is turning back on. He's
0: bimbotting. (laughs) Sparking at the net. That is such
2: a of phrasing it like the dorm room era because i used to fall asleep to this movie every single night my freshman and sophomore year of college i still do think that this is one of the greatest movie soundtracks of all time and the scene with zach braff wearing the wallpaper shirt is just iconic it's
0: seared into my brain every scene of this movie is seared into my brain and i honestly haven't watched it in probably like five or six years like it's been a long time so a lot of it felt even though i've seen it a million times it felt new because i just haven't seen it in forever and i do think it has its flaws i'll say that
2: oh i'm gonna talk so much okay
0: i I think that there's like a lot going on here but i genuinely like it i hope one of the flaws you want
1: to point out is that it doesn't have a plot because my text was like do i hate it no was i bored yes could i tell you the plot of it absolutely not did i love natalie portman's character yes is it the same character she plays in closer also yes but i didn't say i hate it This is not an almost famous situation.
2: Okay, well, I'm glad about that, but also every single thing you just said is wrong.
1: (laughs) No, I was bored. That's correct.
2: Arguably, Natalie Portman's character is like the worst part of this movie. I'm about to shit on her... For the next 50 minutes.
1: Oh no, if she wasn't in it, slinging the R word around every blink of an (laughs) eye, I would have ripped my eyeballs out. I
2: said this during our 500 Days of Summer recap, but this genre of movies gave me the permission that I did not need to be a weirdo, manic, pixie dream girl. Mm. Like that trope gave me full permission to be a demon. I did not need anybody uplifting me empowering me making me more confident in being like my truest authentic self because I was already doing that but this whole genre I was like oh I can be a menace to society and be like cool and quirky and (laughs) I gotta talk about it when we talk about which character we resonate as but like I still am her and I hate that about me.
1: Okay, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up the manic pixie dream girl thing because I think that like if you could only pick like five manic pixie dream girls to represent the whole genre of manic pixie dream girl, like she would definitely be one of them. Oh, 100%. The weird thing though is I don't think many manic pixie dream girls age well, and uh-huh. she felt very, very of that time, like and that way Zoe Deschanel does in mm-hmm. Five Hundred Days of Summer, where it's like like women aren't this kind of cute anymore yeah it's not really desirable to be this specific brand of like Q yeah,
2: yeah. who would your top five be because I think 500 days of summer mm-hmm. Natalie Portman in this movie I think eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. Sure.
0: This is a deep cut, but Drew Barrymore in like any 90s movie, like Boys on the Side, Mad Love.
2: Honestly, Drew Barrymore is the aged manic pixie dream girl. Like the Drew Barrymore show is just what would happen if one of these girls got a talk show. <laughs> <It's so true>. <laughs> <laughs> the Drew Barrymore show is the 2020s version of the Tyra Banks show. And I will tell you. Oh
1: on. my god, that's so funny. And funny you should say that because I've seen a lot of talk shows live and those two experiences Experiences are the worst two I've ever had in my entire existence. (laughs) You went Or no? Did I make that up? Yeah, I liked it. No. See, I can watch it in an hour package, but I find that when the show is not actually live, like the view and the chew and... Kelly and Michael or whatever all those ones are actually live so they come in they film in an hour and you see it on TV at the same time Tyra and Drew Barrymore they film to like edit and then release at a later date those gals
2: need to be edited
1: yes and because of that I was at the Drew Barrymore show for six and a half hours to the point where like her shtick was not cute anymore at one point she was rolling around on the floor giggling because she couldn't remember the lines and I was like bitch if you don't get up I have dinner planned.
2: Oh, see, I think I would love that.
0: (laughs) Honestly, if it was anybody else, like she did kind of take a long time to finish our episode. But it was like, (laughs) my eyes were literally, like, I don't think I blinked for three hours.
2: (laughs) You clockwork-oranged yourself. Literally.
0: I was like, I don't want to miss a single moment of Drew Barrymore being Drew Barrymore. Mm. I remember leaving thinking like, I cannot believe that she's Drew Barrymore 24-7. There's no turning it on or off. She's just Drew Barrymore all the time. It was like a mind fuck to me. Yeah,
1: in the first hour, I felt that way, too. I was like, this is fascinating. This is a cultural phenomenon that I'm witnessing currently. And then we got to hour six and a half, and my attitude had changed.
2: (laughs) Well, if today's episode makes you feel like you're sitting in on hour six of the Drew Barrymore show, please do us a favor and go leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave your favorite Manic Pixie Dream Girls. I think we only got to three, but hey, fill in the rest for us. So now let's jump into Garden State. So this movie premiered during Sundance, ooh, highbrow, on January 16th, 2004, and then to the public in July of that year. So January 16th, 2004 was a Friday. Hey Ya! by Outkast was the number one song in the United Mm. States. The space rover Spirit successfully maneuvered (laughs) onto the floor of a crater on Mars. Also, if you were born on January 16th, 2004, you've slept over 2,300 days, totaling over six years.
1: Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to sleep for that long and then never wake (laughs) up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Johnny, <laughs> do you have any background info or trivia for us today?
1: I do, yes. It was written and directed by Zach Braff who also wrote seven episodes of Scrubs, an episode of Ted Lasso, an episode of Shrinking, and A Good Person which is a new movie with Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman. Troy,
2: have you guys done a Beyond the Blinds on him? No. Because if you're doing your research and he's a bad person, just don't release it or block me that week because that <laughs> is one, like, if I've Find out that he's a terrible person. I don't know if I'm going to recover. <laughs> no, I
0: get it. I, I understand that. That's one of those ones where I know that there's a lot of weight attached to it for a lot of people, a lot of emotional baggage attached to Zach. Bell. That's how I feel about Aaliyah Michelle. <laughs> gonna...
2: If I ever hear of something bad that Leah Michelle has done, I'm going to be shocked.
1: <laughs> you can break it to you, dell <laughs> Okay, the budget, and I do think this is a big reason of. Why I hate it is 2.5 million. And I just think I am not smart enough to like independent films. So we're just going to leave it there. (laughs) The budget is 2.5 million and it made 36 million. So that's cute. He could make a a real movie with what he made. (laughs) Uh, Awards. (laughs) Awards nothing but roger ebert gave it three out of four stars roger ebert's getting on your good mm-hmm. list chelsea and he said this is not a perfect movie by any means it meanders and ambles and makes puzzling detours but it's smart and unconventional with a good eye for the perfect detail
2: roger ebert is the queen of a backhanded compliment
1: <laughs> for sure Enough for a little trivia the uh, final scenes were shot in Terminal 4 at JFK International Airport, and production was unable to close the area for filming, so it was still a working terminal as people were recording. And then also the quarry scene. Natalie Portman was the only person that had to wear a safety harness because crew was afraid since she was so tiny <coughs> she would slip and die. Cute. <laughs>
0: That's my dream for somebody to be like, you're so He's tiny. We <laughs> need to put a harness on your <laughs> skin. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> also,
1: unfortunately, my favorite part of the podcast, we can't play because there were no taglines for this movie at all. Wow. I guess that's what happens when you have a $2.5 million. Wow.
2: That's <laughs> kind of strange and wild. What was on the poster? I guess no posters because Sundance? I don't know.
1: Well, there were posters, but it's just the three of them screaming on that crane. I guess you don't need uh, words. The tagline was... <laughs>
0: i remember that because again the dorm room thing this is like one of those movies that it was cool to have Mm. some sort of like garden state something in your dorm or like college apartment or whatever like just show that you're like a film scholar you know next to your fight club poster
1: Uh okay and this is where things fall into place. Because let me paint a picture of what my room looked like in college. Oh, no. A full wall, full wall, because I took it from the elementary school in my hometown. Full wall sized poster of the high school musical Got Milk At. Uh-uh.
2: No. Yeah, no, we're not no. done.
1: Right above my bed was the <laughs> magazine cover turned poster of Zach Efron and Taylor Lautner. Two different mm-hmm. posters. And then on the back of my door, this is my favorite part, on the back of my door was a quote wall where I would write down funny things that I said throughout the year and then post them on the back of my
2: door. I have so many follow-up questions. Number one (laughs) how did you acquire said got milk poster? My mom's the
1: lunch lady. Okay, so
2: there was no theft involved. Oh, no,
1: no, no. My mom's the lunch Number
2: lady. Number two, <laughs> did people come into your room to write down the funny things that you said, or did you say something, make yourself laugh, and you're like, hold on, wait. Yeah. Gotta put that on a post-it. No,
1: not a post-it. Like, bubble lettered, like, it was arts and crafts project. I, like, wrote it down to revisit <laughs> later. And it was all just your quote. Yeah, and, like, some were a setup, so, like, it would be, like, Troy said this, and and then Donnie said, but I was always the punchline. I, want the to friends. I don't know
0: what we'll find, but we'll find something.
2: <laughs> Did you write dash Donnie underneath each quote?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like just to clarify that
2: in case anybody was worried that you included something funny, somebody else said, you just had to make a note like dash Donnie.
0: No, no. <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh-huh.
2: Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more.
1: There, you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes.
2: That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Okay, so before we make Troy break down this fine, fine, plot heavy <laughs> film in one minute or less, I want to know what character, if any, do you identify as? And I'll go first because I already basically said it. I am horrified to say that I am still Sam, which I think is why. I hate her so much. Like you see in others what you don't like about yourself mm-hmm. and she is just the worst.
0: I'm also embarrassed of my answer. But when I used to watch this in college, I was like, I'm such a Zach Braff. I'm so just existing in this world. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to end up. Where is life going to shake me out? Where will I blinko down to? I don't know what's going to happen. So I used to watch this thinking that I related to him. Not that I killed my mom or paralyzed <laughs> or whatever he did, but <laughs> no. I was just like, you know, a lost middle American flyover state homosexual. I'm Method Man. <laughs> Carry
1: that. I'm a yeah. pervert that always finds things to do at my job besides my job.
2: Dun dun. Yeah. SBU yeah. adjacent. <laughs> I'm like
0: <laughs> snapping latex gloves. Yeah. I'm like ready to go. <laughs>
2: So, Troy, we're going to put one minute on the clock. Can you tell us what this movie's about? Okay.
0: This movie is about a guy who returns to his hometown. And in a nutshell, he comes back to this town and has like a whole coming of age, re-examining his life moment because his mom passed away. And he meets a manic pixie dream girl who pulls him out of his shell, as they tend to do. And he falls in love in four days. days. (laughs)
2: So during our last recording, Donnie told us that he just doesn't have nightmares. However, like every other human person on this planet, our protagonist of this movie, Andrew, does have nightmares and fortunately for him it turns out that the opening scene in which he apathetically plummets to his death on an airplane is just a bad dream which Donnie would know nothing about
1: <laughs> nothing but I will say the final scene when he got on the airplane I not because I hate the characters not because I hate the movie just because I love fucked up stuff I was hoping it was a premonition and the movie ended with him blowing oh. up
0: it's turning to final destination <laughs> Switch up right before the credits.
2: (laughs) But unfortunately for Andrew, his real life is a nightmare too. And he wakes up to a voicemail from his dad telling him that his mother is dead and he needs to return to his home state the armpit of the United States, New Jersey. Now, Andrew hasn't been back in nine years, but he wastes no time getting back in touch with the locals. There's former degenerate turned cop, Kenny, Jesse, who just made a literal fortune by creating a silent Velcro, and Mark and Dave, who are headed to a party just as soon as they get done burying Andrew's mom. There's really nothing quite like coming home, and everyone is impressed by Andrew's what's-eating Gilbert Grape-adjacent Hollywood (laughs) career.
0: I will say that I think this movie does a good job of like and this is something that I only really noticed this time as like an adult adult watching it not like a kind of adult (laughs) him like going back to his hometown and everybody being like you got out your life must be really cool I want to talk to you about this project or this thing like I feel like whenever I go home or when I did live at home and I was still podcasting. People who are like completely removed from it that think that I'm on like broadcast radio, they'd be like, oh, I know a guy who's working on an app. I should introduce you to him. (laughs) Or like my friend graduated with a radio degree. I should introduce you. It's like, okay. like, (laughs) All right, if you want.
2: I do think this movie does a really good job of painting that picture and just like what it's like to go home and see that cast of characters. This
1: has nothing to do with anything we're talking about and it really is truly a sharp turn but I feel like we're about to change topics and then I really won't be able to Mm -hmm. talk about it so while we're on the topic of people from home and revisiting them now my best friend just sent me a video because like graduation's happening. The straight boy that I liked in high school, the football player that I talk about often that would like hit his dick on people, never me unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) his daughter just graduated high school this week so my (laughs) best friend was stalking the wife's facebook account and all this stuff the wife apparently last year of some months i'm not going to give months and years because then if they listen we'll know it's about them but
2: i mean i think that if they're listening they probably will know hey that was my dick that used to hit people on the head (laughs) but okay it's nice to protect the innocent i mean
1: if the wife listens Uh if the wife listens but The wife posted all these videos and stuff that she found the husband cheating and she like confronted him with cameras in the parking lot where it was happening and stuff. And you can watch it all on Facebook still to this day, still live on Facebook, even though they are together as a couple at the daughter's graduation in June of 2023. So I went back and watched every single second of those videos. (laughs)
2: Like
0: Facebook is where middle-aged people go to get Wild.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Middle-aged <laughs> and like late yeah. in life people just go there to get fucking buck. They just go nuts on Facebook.
1: <laughs> yeah, my sister's fiance's mom was like locked out of her account or whatever. And my sister's fiance was saying like, oh, she just gave up. She's not going to use it anymore. Like maybe that's for the best because I saw I saw some of what was happening <laughs> on that Facebook. Oh
2: my God. Pepe had 16 Facebook accounts because he was <gasps> always being hacked. Oh. God knows what information he gave. Some <laughs> bot farm in a different country is like having a field day with his information. Incredible. And so instead of like even trying, he would just create new accounts. First I
1: thought you meant he had like burner accounts <laughs> no. and I no. was very excited. <laughs> No,
2: no. He just put all of his thoughts right out there like a personal diary. Because why would you filter yourself for hundreds, if not thousands of people who don't know you? But who am I to talk? Because look at us right now doing the same thing in a podcast form. So. Uh Andrew does go to this hometown party, and honestly, it progresses the way they always do, in my experience. Small talk (laughs) turns to ecstasy and spin the bottle. And before you know it, Andrew (laughs) wakes up with balls on his forehead and Sheldon Cooper speaking Klingon after fucking Mark's mom. (laughs) Donnie, is this how your high school reunion (laughs) get-togethers usually go down?
1: No. Uh, We go to Applebee's on the night before Thanksgiving, and it ends there.
2: The main takeaway of this party is that Andrew is just such a shell of a person that not even X can get him to feel things. Yeah. But him saying, I guess I'll see you guys later, that was, again, dorm room culture. That was like what we would all say before partaking in our own little adventures yeah
0: <laughs> uh, yeah again they do a really great job of like communicating that like empty feeling when you're partying and it's not like filling the void that you wanted to fill mm-hmm. and like when he has his like painted smile and like they're all fucked up but he's like i guess i'm having fun yeah. it was very a little too relatable uh-huh. <laughs> or whatever let's move on
2: Not <laughs> quite yet because donnie have i ever told you about the time that i had a joint laced with PCP. Is that the same
1: thing as when you accidentally did math?
2: No. Different story. <laughs>
1: Christ! The math. No. Okay.
2: I didn't intend to do PCP. We got a joint from this sketchy, like, backpack kid. You know what I'm talking about? Like Mm. an outlier, an adjacent friend of the group that was like, in theory, trustworthy. But looking back, I'm like, oh, baby Chelsea, no, do better. So we went on a blunt ride with him. And I should have known because he was driving, which is horrific. But me and him were in the front seat. And then my friends were in the back seat. And he was like, oh, I, I have two joints. Like you guys smoke this one, we'll smoke this one. And he was like, I know Chelsea will be into this. So I was not signing up for this ride. It was a harrowing experience, probably one of the worst nights of my entire life. Everything turned red. I saw my body from above. I communed with the devil. It was fucking horrible. People that do PCP like for fun or on purpose, like God speed to you, you are made of a higher caliber than me because no That's
0: such a manic pixie dream girl experience by the way.
2: <laughs> that's why I said like I hate I am Sam but there was I am Sam but but like there is something about my energy that this motherfucker was like oh Chelsea will love PCP yeah as a little surprise like here you go oopsie kitty as they say on Gabby's Dollhouse the show that my watches anyway <laughs> yeah it was not fun and then I ran into him like several weeks later and I was like what the fuck and he was like oh you weren't into it and I was like No, I'm blessed. (laughs) Don't do that to anybody ever again. I was not
0: into being drugged by you. Mm
2: -mm. (laughs) Yeah, no, not really into it. Thanks. (laughs) Limp, lap, love.
1: Cuties, you know how I feel. There is nothing worse than a Gemini. But besides that, there's nothing worse than going to a doctor's appointment, expecting to be the center of attention, and then your doctor seems like they have better things to do and better places to be. Instead of listening to you intently, asking you how you feel, and helping you along, the doctor is checking the clock constantly. Like, okay, girl, get out of the office. And I say, okay, but... I still need to be treated. So on ZocDoc, you'll find quality doctors who focus on you, listen to you, and prioritize your care. Because ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Chelsea has been terrorizing me all month, and you all know it, terrorizing me with Garden State, promising me hopes of Natalie Portman, and delivering a matching t-shirt with wallpaper. But then also there's deep impact. When I saw Tia Leone in a short haircut, I knew I would hate it, but surprise surprise I loved that and surprises might work for Gelgella but not for medical care with ZocDoc there are no alarms and no surprises you can choose from thousands of patient reviewed doctors and specialists browse doctor profiles upload and verify your insurance information and get the care you need go to ZocDoc.com cute and download the ZocDoc app for free then find and book a top rated doctor today many are available within 20 Four hours. That's ZOCDOC.com slash cute. ZOCDOC.com slash cute.
2: I get it.
1: Is this the scene where he is in the matching shirt with the wallpaper? No, that's just like his
2: mother's wake
1: yeah did that happen already
2: yeah you want to talk about it
1: yeah please so when I had an Asian grandmother okay (laughs) yeah she used to make us clothes and she made my sister a dress that matched my parents bedroom wallpaper exactly it was like this 100% but I was always so jealous because you know I'm afraid of everything and that that didn't start as an adult it just got worse as an adult but I had a fear of home invasion as a child so I thought like if there was a or your serial killer in the house, my sister could just put it on and hide like this against the wall, and I'd be shit out of luck. You know those
0: like mouth faces? Those like, porcelain faces? Yes. <laughs>
1: well, then you just needed
2: to watch WWE and learn the John Cena because then you can never be seen. Hey. Wait, so this was your not biological grandmother
1: no it was a woman that (laughs) my dad worked in a condominium and it was a woman that lived there oh okay yeah and she was so close to the family that she just became our fake grandmother but then suddenly she wasn't anymore and she didn't die or anything (laughs) i mean i'm sure in 2023 she has but back then she didn't die she just stopped being friends with us and i texted my sister this week i was like do we know what drama happened she has no idea neither do i so i will research it report back. Yeah. Another case of the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> she walked a little too close to that college right. dorm room.
2: She didn't know what the inside of your parents' bedroom looked like.
1: So. Oh. oh my god. What if that's like? My sister hypothesized that she probably said something negative about me being a little too uh, friendly as
0: a child. <laughs> oh, okay, Maybe. I don't know. All the quotes on your door are just her writing help. Get out. <laughs>
2: There's little like fingernail marks for
1: trying to get out. That's where I got the idea to put clothes on the wall to cover oh, her yeah. scratch marks. Oh no.
2: So Andrew is worried about the little lightning storms in his head, which couldn't possibly be a hangover or because he quit taking all of the pills his dad prescribed him cold turkey. So he heads (laughs) to a neurologist who tells him, oh, hey, the little lightning storms in your head are because you quit taking all the pills your dad prescribed you cold turkey. And we meet Sam. She's a compulsive liar with epilepsy who still sleeps with the baby blanket and is genuinely impressed that Andrew isn't the R word. But she likes the shins, so Andrew is all in on this manic pixie dream girl, which honestly I get because I cry every time he puts on those headphones and like finally feels things. It It is good. I
0: think that this movie is really good at visual representations of like emotions. Like it communicates what it's trying to get across without having to hit you over the head with it and yeah. i like that i like those little nuanced things that happen like that with the headphones
1: yeah, i feel the same yeah me too no but i <laughs> i will say i do like when films are written and directed by the same person because then i feel like what they want to get across really does get across right. and you know it means something to them and like this is how he felt and this is the story he's
2: telling. Now comes the point where I talk shit about Sam because she has this whole thing about, like, when she's feeling totally unoriginal, she just blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And then she can feel unique again, even if it's just for a second, which this is it. This is the problem. I would argue that this hamster serial killer with her year-round Christmas tree (laughs) and ice skating home videos doesn't need to be unique every second of every day. I think sometimes society is a good thing and maybe we should be trying to like just read the fucking room and follow basic social
0: norms (laughs) at times she feels really like overly written Mm. she's like too much there's no human person who talks like this all the time and like i don't know i guess that's another thing that's interesting about manic pixie dream girls is like they're usually written by men Mm -hmm. and it's interesting to see like what a man thinks is like this unattainable perfect girl that you would just meet you know on a whim and she would change your life it's this and she literally does not exist and it also by the way if she was a real human person he would be like, I need to get away from you yeah. now. Like, we've spent four days together. You're a lot. It's a lot. Yeah,
2: like, red flags galore. If somebody's admitting that they're a compulsive liar, but they always eventually tell you the truth, it's like, okay, great, but also, what?
0: Right, like, that's <laughs> like, cute until it's no longer cute, and then you're still doing it. And
2: she was, like, a weird version of, like, a little Yoda guru, and also, like, A really infantilized baby girl.
1: Uh oh, here comes the lipstick. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It was Baby Girl Down. It was Baby Girl Forward for sure.
2: <laughs> Not to mention Jelly, the latest of her hamster victims. R.I.P. Jelly. A lot
1: of my pets died growing up, though. So maybe I relate to her because I am a compulsive liar, which I don't like to tell people because then they always think that my stories are fake. <laughs> like, no. Everything I said, the plunger, Burger King parking lot, like that is all true. Bo
2: Peep, if you went and listened to last week's re That is
1: also true. But when I was growing up, I did a lot to the point where my parents just call it Donnie land now like oh did that really happen or is that Donnie land i'm like no it really happened but i don't like to tell people that because then they think that all my good stories like quotes on the wall etc are fake but they're not (laughs) but a lot of my pets growing up did die hamsters lizards etc and i was always so nervous about pet cemetery (laughs) it didn't happen though don't worry but when we had a rabbit I didn't take care of it which is probably why a lot of our animals died I didn't take care of (laughs) but we had a rabbit and my mom was like no you don't take care of it we need to send it to a farm so then that's just what I knew what I knew and then like as an adult I was like wait a second that's what people say when they send animals to be put to sleep so I asked her and I said did you put it to sleep you can tell me and she said no we really did send it to like a." little pet farm in bucks county and i said oh thank god i thought i was lied to and she said but then it died two weeks
0: later it did become amish but (laughs) (laughs) there's another part to the story that we didn't tell you no well r.i.p that's fun
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) i forget its name but it was cute i always named my animals after pop culture icons for instance paris shelton was my turtle
2: i hate (laughs) you. <laughs> the lizard of
1: Oz is my iguana.
2: <laughs> On my birthday month, you already dared have your house almost burned down in <laughs> I can't take much more. <laughs> Jesus. Well, uh. just like... The lizard of Oz. Everyone's got their shit. And if you can't laugh at yourself, life's going to seem a whole lot longer than you like. It turns out that Andrew's friends are literal grave robbers who steal the jewelry (laughs) off of the bodies they are burying. Andrew is the one who put his mom in a wheelchair and Sam has to wear a helmet to work and when Andrew opens up about his mother's death Sam compares his mom's death to her most recent victim Jelly making it all about her and cries because of course she fucking does (laughs) there is nothing worse than having to comfort somebody else about the shitty things happening to you oh my
1: god along the same lines when people say that's okay and then say something that is worse right like if I'm venting about work and you're like that's okay my house caught on fire like that's not the same thing and let me have mine
0: moment and it's also not okay Okay. by the way
2: (laughs) exactly honestly and this isn't funny this is just you know I like to sprinkle in some etiquette every now and then you know (laughs) we're doing our very own charm school here on I am the cute one are you mommy? (laughs) I learned about the circles of grief and it honestly for me as somebody who sometimes and I don't know if it's just because I'm an asshole or because I have ADHD probably because I'm an asshole I tend to try to like relate to people by relating Mm -hmm. my own personal experiences and sometimes it comes across as like one-upping but I'm trying to connect Mm -hmm. but this was like super helpful to me. So if something bad happens to somebody you want to think of circles. So if something bad happens to like Donnie in this circle then outside of that circle is me and Troy. And we are allowed to provide comfort going into the smaller circle. And Donnie is allowed to vent outwards to the larger circles. Mm. I can vent outwardly to my family about the situation, but I'm only providing comfort inward to Donnie. I don't know if that makes sense. And I can like provide a little graphic as we release this episode, but it's super helpful because it's like basically you never want somebody who's closer to the tragedy to be comforting you who is farther away. But you want people outside, farther away, providing you with comfort, so then you can provide comfort to people who are more closely affected. Does that make sense? That's
0: interesting, yeah. As you were drawing the circles, I saw the Disney wand. I saw it.
2: You're watching the Disney I didn't.
0: My eyes crossed. I guess I'm a Nickelodeon girly this episode.
1: So if... Okay, I'm going to be straight in this situation because I don't want to kill off Quinn. So if my wife died, Mm -hmm. you are an acquaintance or friends with her. So I need more support than you so you only comfort me but then you still need support so
2: then i talk to my husband about how sad i am about it Uh, unless it's like we're having a conversation and you're initiating and we're bonding right right, but i'm never gonna like text you and be like oh my god i am devastated (laughs) that your wife died i cannot believe that your wife died my life will never be the same yeah
1: that's That's okay okay,
2: but (laughs) anywho again not funny but just The more you know.
1: We're here to help. Now we can change the category of what podcast we have. Oh,
2: self-help. Or
1: lifestyle. Maybe we'll
2: chart. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) So on the last day before he plans to skedaddle back out of town, Andrew, Sam, and the Grave Robber go on the most fucked up scavenger hunt Of all time, thanks to a return policy loophole, they rob the Handy Mart, they go to a sexual predator convention in the walls of a local hotel featuring apparently Donnie, and they trade a helium tank for access to a junkyard quarry. Once there, they visit the quarry troll and his family who have hunted down Andrew's going away present. I have
0: something to say about the sex dungeon walls. (laughs) So obviously on Beyond the Blinds, we talk a lot about things that happen in like hotel rooms and like... We get a lot of wow. DMs from people who work in the hospitality industry or whatever who like clean up hotels after celebrities leave or whatever. And I won't like. I feel like if I say specifics like the person, they tell us not to say anything. But what I will say, and there's also a really good like 20 minute Vice doc on YouTube about this as well where this person who works at like a Four Seasons or something, like really like highbrow, they like talk about all of the things that they do for celebrities that come in and all the stuff that they hide and how there's like an entire operation happening in every hotel that is meant to keep you separate from the actual function of a hotel, which is to provide these crazy services to highbrow people. So like, you know, Johnny Depp is coming to stay at the Hilton the same time you are. You will never know that there's like three floors dedicated to what people like Johnny Depp do and there's a whole separate crew of people that work in the hotel for that so they provide anything oh. that these people could ever imagine or desire on a whim and then they clean it so wow. that nobody ever knows it happened so when I saw that room I was like that's like kind of not at et- all far off like in any stretch
2: well i feel like zach braff writing and directing this movie there's clearly some connection to something he's yeah. really seen yeah. but then part of me like i'm a broke bitch i fly southwest i don't know if like the courtyard by marriott has <laughs> any services so i don't know if i've ever been in a same hotel as johnny depp but that is yeah. wild
0: yeah so now every time i say to hotel i'm always thinking like what's happening upstairs you know like what is happening on like the 80th floor oh my God.
1: Wayfair is being delivered
2: I don't know Well I do know That you're supposed to Like the same as dressing rooms Like put your thumb Up to the mirror mm. I'm always like If you want to watch What I'm doing In a hotel room Like godspeed right. Hope that your therapist Is good Hope you enjoy My raging IBS yes. You know
1: not to keep bringing it back to the fire, but <laughs> the night of the fire, we stayed at a hotel to let the apartment air out. But I was so emotionally exhausted. The room was so goddamn hot. I slept completely naked with no blankets on or anything. And I didn't even test the mirror. I was like, that could oh. have a camera. I could see a camera night blinking in that mirror. And I wouldn't get up to cover my Wangus right now. <laughs> you were fully passed out
0: in the Big Brother house. You're like, I don't care. <laughs>
2: it's just training for your future. <laughs> training for the live feeds to be cut. Like, god damn it, Donnie, again. Yeah,
0: he's showing howl again. Back to the page.
2: So after screaming and making out in the rain, Andrew does finally discover what this present is. Just casually, his mother's favorite necklace, the one she was buried in. This is beyond fucked yeah. up. Because we know that they're grave robbers. Yes, OK, he got the necklace back for him. But he knew who the body was when they were stealing. He was literally inviting her son to a party and he still was like, yoink. I don't know if I would be like, oh, thanks, bro. Did me a solid there.
0: It's really just a testament to how you can turn anything into a comedy. (laughs) If you've ever heard that story about Pretty Woman, how like it was supposed to be like a really dark, like horrific story of like a prostitute being like beaten and all this shit. And it's like just a couple lines and it's a comedy. Uh-huh. Just one
2: snap of that. Necklace yeah, thing
0: and- <laughs> 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 yeah. Yes. it's so funny that that's what this movie makes me think of. I'm like, this is like just one extra page of the script away from being like a dark yeah. drama. And somehow they've made it funny.
2: And that's, again, why I do have such a connection to Zach Braff, because I think if you're able to toe that line of Mm -hmm. real life, but making it funny and truly like stupid Sam says in this movie, (laughs) but like laughing at your own pain, that's literally my brand of self-care is making jokes about the shit that we're going through and so for this to still be so funny and heartfelt i just i love this movie i really do Happy birthday. i do like it i'm not gonna lie i love
0: it especially that we're talking about it again i'm like when well, i do like this movie a lot i guess yeah,
2: i mean like we'll talk about it like there's a lot that doesn't age well but it Still just makes my <laughs> aged hipster heart. Yeah. It just goes a flutter. Yes. So this was a big trip for Andrew. He learned how to cry. He talked about his feelings with his dad. He got himself a girlfriend in four fucking days. <laughs> she is like legitimately mad that he has a home, that he has a life. Like they have known each other for four days, but... As we always do, this crazy bitch fishes her wish, and Andrew pulls a Rachel and gets off of the plane.
0: And he's like, "So what do we do now?" That's my question.
2: <laughs> am I moving in with you and your African brother and your mom <laughs> with attachment issues? Like, where am I living How old now? Where is she
0: supposed to be? Also, by the way, what is the age gap between them?
2: Well, she works at a law firm, but as like mm. a paralegal. Oh, but you have to have a college degree. Yeah, that, I
0: couldn't. Right? I have never been able to pin down like how old she's supposed to be because when you watch the movie she gives adolescent Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she like like you said she works in a law firm which we
2: never see her go to in four days is it a long holiday is it Labor Day weekend what's happening
0: (laughs) yeah I guess she's supposed to be like college age or something but she gives she definitely gives middle school.
2: Mm-hmm. Lolita vibes for sure. <laughs> very much of that how long are we giving this couple like bang for your buck how many months weeks years how long are they lasting are they in it for the long can long? i
0: tell you exactly how this relationship plays out because i see Please. i already know it so uh-huh. obviously it's been four days when a manic pixie dream girl drops into your life it's a whirlwind i think that in a manic pixie dream girl relationship the honeymoon period is over in like days where it normally would be like weeks they or cycle months
2: through quick they burn it's a hot. fast
0: process <laughs> you know so After he, like, realizes that they actually have nothing in common and that she was just there as, like, a placeholder for his grief, then he's going to drop her. Because that's what men do. He's going to drop her like a hot potato and leave her heartbroken. He's going to take her to that pervert hotel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, but you've got to give the manic pixie dream girl a little more credit because underneath that little, oh, no, no, I got to sleep with my baby blanket, there is someone that can ruin your life so she is going to like place herself at the bottom of the stairs with her helmet next to Mm. her and like fake a seizure and like make him go to jail like he thinks he's out of it he's going to be wishing for that yolanda foster closet of pills by the end. actually
0: you're completely right about that because a manic pixie dream girl is always just one like, line away from becoming a sexual thriller. Mm -hmm. Like, she's Mm -hmm. really on the brink. This is, like, a short script away from becoming Fatal Attraction, really. Absolutely. And I think that's why I don't like Manic
1: Pixie Dream Girl movies, because I love sexual thriller movies. So this is, like, you're giving me the right ingredients,
0: but then you're not cooking it. Have you guys (laughs) ever seen mad love with drew barrymore no so that's a really great manic pixie dream girl movie donnie you would like this one because in the movie it's like first of all it's like 90s mental health so give it some grace but drew barrymore is bipolar and she's also a manic pixie dream girl so it does have that darkness where like this guy learns that part of her being a manic pixie dream girl is just like her being being manic manic. so it's like an actual like rewarding manic pixie dream girl experience because she feels like an actual human being and it's like dark Okay, so Mm -hmm. you're coming back on for that
1: let me update
0: this I would love I love that movie
2: and I do have to say as we're about to get into the what age well and what age like blockbuster one thing that ages poorly is the trope or the title of manic pixie dream girl obviously (laughs) so before we get to that though final thoughts if we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a reboot, or what would the plot to a sequel be? I think I just did the sequel right there. We have the countdown of 500 days of summer of like one day later, two days later. And it's like, oh, it's actually not that cute when every day at 7 p.m. we sit down and watch this ice skating video. (laughs) Oh, shit. This dried out Christmas tree is just going to be here until next December. Awesome. We just see the progression into madness.
0: (laughs) I would watch that. (laughs) Who is the current like manic pixie dream girl I'm trying to think of who that would be. Would it be Maude Apatow? Ooh, that would be good, actually. Maybe Jenna Ortega. Mm.
1: Yeah, Yeah, because she did get the girlies talking with that cigarette.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, her mom got the girlies talking. (laughs) Oh, true.
0: (laughs) true. Who would play him? He's kind of like an everyman. Like any white, like nerdy, cute boy also can we just talk for a quick second about like the zach braff of it all like just like the era of him being a sex symbol and like how a lot of the times it's like these people that we think are sex symbols are just who we're told to think are attractive at that time yeah it's almost like a mind fuck where you're like why was i grinding (laughs) my couch to zach braff like he's cute but was it worth the mania i don't know and i
2: still am brainwashed because like scrubs is a comfort show for me This is a comfort movie. Again, block me the week that you guys do him. Because I know, like, his current fucking girlfriend. Like, there's something amiss. You know, the red flags are there and I'm putting my blinders on. But average white man. Like, hot in terms of, like, a guy you could meet at a bar. Not anywhere of, like, a Hollywood person.
0: Yeah. I don't even think that. (laughs) I mean, that is fair, to be honest. He gives... Mall employee.
2: (laughs) But mall employee who remembers your Starbucks. (laughs) Yes. He's so thoughtful. Like, oh my God. He like remembered that I like skim milk. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You envision a life with him as he's ringing you out at Auntie Anne's pretzels. (laughs) It doesn't go anywhere beyond that. He
2: like charges you for a large lemonade, but you only got a small, but you're like, it's okay. No, it's fine.
0: (laughs) He's like, no, I'll make you another one.
1: (laughs) I would bring the exact same cast back, but just give the movie any kind of plot.
0: Fuck off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. I have an issue. And the issue is me. I understand. I'm just not smart enough for Sundance movies. Anytime we just follow people day to day... Like, I can just go in the street and follow somebody. Well, they have
0: nine million hamsters that just died. It's
2: too close to home. He's like, if I wanted to see this, I'd just watch my old home movies.
0: <laughs> Which is something else I do.
2: But I think that we're learning something about each other because the movies that I have brought to this podcast that are very important to me, like Home for the Holidays, that you had never seen or had only seen once, it's very mm-hmm. much like a weekend in time of this person going home. So I don't know what it says about me that I love a movie mm-hmm. following Somebody's day to day. Yeah, life. it resonates. It hits. I huh. will
0: also say that I think when you revisit movies like this, that had like a. Because I would say that this movie for its time was like a, a little meteor hitting the earth. It was like a little cultural phenomenon for like hipsters, basically.
2: Right. People that were wearing beanies at the time in the middle of the summer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we're like, you know what I love? Owl <laughs> shit. <Yeah. laughs>
2: An infinity <laughs> scarf with ballet flats. Like, sign me <laughs> <by laughs> up.
0: But I think that when you revisit movies like that, like this movie created like a subgenre and there's a lot of movies that then tried to copy it after and they built off of this very simple idea. So it's almost like you have to strip your mind of all the stuff that you've seen after because when this came out, it was like revolutionary, you know, but now it just looks like a really sort of stereotypical, cliche kind of indie hipster movie you know mm-hmm. yeah.
2: low-key misogynistic and sexist and <laughs> yeah. a love letter to white people basically
0: 1000 and all the nuances that white people can have
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: final final thoughts what for us and we've touched on a bunch but what aged well and what aged like blockbuster
1: it was R word palooza oh,
2: so many times <sighs> it was so many times like in that one
1: scene alone but then we were like hit with it randomly throughout yeah. yeah, the hmm.
0: dialogue. I would say for me, it did not end well. Even like the stuff that's like not <laughs> inappropriate, it just feels like I said earlier, kind of like overwritten. Sometimes it just feels like people don't talk like this.
2: And I do think the writing, and I hate that Donnie has made me realize this, but it was very Tina Fey adjacent in that it was a white person trying to make. Important comments and commentary on certain things, but it just wasn't quite hitting. Like, Tatembe was a punchline, and it was meant to be, like, a punchline against her family, but it just wasn't quite fleshed out enough. So, like, the intention behind it aged well, but the whole execution of him as a character did not. I think obviously the anti medication just a PSA. Don't go off your medication without your doctor. The lightning <laughs> zaps of the brain, that's bad. The things that for me aged well Sidecars are for bitches. Just ask <laughs> Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval. Mm-hmm. And also the MLM scheme pitch. Like, it truly would not be a trip back home without <laughs> a HunBot cornering you and telling you that they've got an exciting business <laughs> opportunity for
0: you. They're the softest, most buttery leggings you've ever felt in your life.
2: <laughs> Disregard the hole in the right?
0: They smell like mold, but... <laughs> That I thought aged well. I think visually it aged really well. I love the cinematography. Again, I think it created a whole not even just for movies, but it had a whole subgenre of people who wanted to live this like life that is represented in this movie, you know, of being like twee and adorable and hipstery and whatever like that was I don't know it just really resonated at least in my friend group people were just like head over heels for this movie and specifically Natalie Portman but I would say the the thing that aged the best is this soundtrack it is timeless it is Mm -hmm. it just it's groundbreaking like I'll never forget this soundtrack it's so good I know
2: Donnie is blinking once again like a fembot, his head is spinning (laughs) around (laughs) so patreon.com slash iamthecuteone if you want to see donnie's head swiveling around like he's an austin powers i could not agree more that literally like i might just put on this soundtrack tonight because like song by song the pacing the music ah i just love it i love it anything donnie
1: I'm very happy that Troy liked this episode because this could have went very <laughs> differently.
2: I feel very supported, uplifted.
1: And I'm glad you do because it's your Thank birthday you. month.
2: Thank you.
1: Of course. Well, Troy,
2: tell everybody where they can listen to you, follow you, all of the things. If you guys listen to us and you're not <laughs> listening to Troy and Kelly, what are you doing with your lives? Like, take it away,
0: Troy. Um, I am the co-host of a podcast called Beyond the Blinds. Um, we release two episodes a week. One of them is free. And then the other one is behind a paywall because we think it'll get us sued or killed. And <laughs> I am also working on a Patreon for Dunzo because I got my Dunzo catalog back. So going down one by one and saving every single of the 300 episodes. I'll get there, though. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. You can find me on the Internet at Troy Jean Spears because I am kin. To
2: <laughs> yes. And if you ever are looking for a well-reasoned, very well-researched view on Britney Spears, don't go anywhere but Troy because he's been covering it since the beginning. Thanks. And that's like, I don't look anywhere. But if I have a question, I'm like, looking <laughs> yeah, page, so <laughs>
0: go to Jamie Troy. Spears okay. just woke up in a cold sweat after you said that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so next week we are continuing my lineup we are finishing out chelchella one week later so honestly shout out to donnie's house fire because i get to extend (laughs) chelchella but we are covering deep impact if donnie hated this movie he is going to just lose his mind (laughs) next week so toot toot this
1: was a movie where i felt like i should like it so I think I forced myself to find positives. Next week, I'm just going to watch it on the toilet.
2: <laughs> He's actually going to record from inside of the toilet, by the Yeah, now that's a deep impact. <laughs> but I have to say, there's a lot of disaster movie converts. After our episode with my brother, I've gotten so many DMs, a lot of heated responses about what does and does not constitute a disaster film so I really enjoy the discourse continuing next week. But I'm not one of them. Yeah <laughs> it's just gonna be a black <laughs> zoom screen and I'm just gonna be talking to myself. <laughs> so with that we'll be back next week and we will talk to you later. Love, Love you, like, you like, like a sister. sister. Bye.
1: Bye. Happy birthday to you happy birthday my dear beautiful Chelsea. I hope it was everything and more that you wished it would be my cousin from another mother i love you hi chelsea happy 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 birthday to an amazing gemini i hope you continue to cause nothing but chaos especially in donnie's life and i can't wait for you to watch mystic pizza with julia roberts and talk to me all about it happy birthday
2: this message is for the one and only unhinged queen that is Chelsea slash Ono oh Chels. I am obsessed with you. I love how authentic you are. Please never stop doing your hot takes or talking about crows or corn or passions. <laughs> I love your account so much. I love you and Donnie's podcast I hope you have a wonderful birthday and I think you're amazing never stop being you because it is so refreshing in a world full of people who are too worried about what other people think of them so keep doing you girl because we all love it Thank you for listening to I Am the Cute One, a nostalgia podcast.
1: If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at realdonnywood on Instagram and TikTok.
2: And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at onochels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash iamthecuteone.
1: And go to iamthecuteone.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. Later. Love you like a sister. sister.
0: Seeking the truth never gets old.